Welcome to the Spot Actor Podcast. I'm Dr. Trevor Cates. On today's episode of the podcast, we're covering essential oils for your skin with a focus on DIY self-care. My guest is Dr. Eric Zelensky, who is the author of the national bestseller, The Healing Power of Essential Oils and The Essential Oils Diet. Dr. Z is trained as an aromatherapist, public health researcher, and chiropractor, and he started his website, Natural Living Family, in 2014 with his wife to help people learn how to use natural remedies like essential oils safely and effectively. His website is now visited by more than 5 million natural health seekers every year. In today's interview, Dr. Z is back on the Spot Doctor podcast to give us an essential oils update since his last interview and share his favorite essential oils to use in DIY recipes and how to use them safely and effectively at home. You'll also learn more about his latest essential oils revolution summit. So please enjoy this interview. Dr. Z, it's so great to have you back on the Spot Doctor podcast. Welcome. Well, thanks for having me. I am really excited to be sharing about this. It's like it's like our fifth year anniversary since we first met. Everything's five years for me right now, it seems. I know, I know. So we, I was on your essential oil summit five years ago, and a lot we're you know a lot has come up since then in the, the essential oils world and, and like health overall, right? <laughs> There's certainly a lot that's been changing. So wanted to. Get, kind of get you back on and get an update on what's been going on in the last five years with essential oils. You know, the interesting thing, when, when I started and I had this idea for the essential oils revolution in 2015, it was because at the time I was a medical writer, I was a research writer writing for clients that commissioned me to write a series of public health reports on how essential oils affect different physiological measures of the body, you know, blood glucose, blood, um, blood pressure, um, its potential relationship with cancer, like you name it. So I was doing a lot of research and I found online that quite frankly, everything online was biased, biased insofar as everyone talking about essential oils then had a link to click to buy theirs or buy one that they promoted. And so, you know, as a public health researcher, that's financial bias 101. Like you want to find even a lot of the research, and that's what got me to a lot of the research was funded by the companies that were even manufacturing and selling the product. So I was like, how do you find the truth about this stuff? And that's what started it. That's what started it is that like I wanted to create an event where people didn't talk about brands at the very least it was neutral and so it took off it was, it was nuts like 165,000 people attended that event and i'll tell you after five years we're in the same situation it's i i really think and i'm surprised because at the time there were several of folks in my situation i'm like the last guy standing like every single person out there that I see talking about essential oil education, an aromatherapist, a chemist, a researcher, they're all tied with a company. So I find that's very interesting that um, the, 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 the market has necessitated that there has been that sort of, again, that sort of relationship. And I want to stress one thing though too, bless your heart if you're a network marketer, bless your heart if you promote a company, that's great. It is. I mean, we need you to continue the grassroots movement. I love it. I love affiliate marketing, all that stuff. But when you want unbiased information on how to use something for your health, where do you go? And so that's been the wild thing 
doc is that I, I can't keep up with the demand of information. Like I'm writing my third book, um, on, on how to use essential oils for chronic disease. And we'll talk a little bit about maybe the gut microbiome and leaky skin, some things that are cutting edge right now. But the thing that's been really interesting though, is also in the last five years, there has been an exponential, exponential demand for essential oils, which is great. Uh, it's great that more and more people. So again, thank God for network marketing and that grassroots effort to get the message out. And because of that, tens of millions of people are using them. And so marketing experts predict exponential growth for the next 10 years. So what we see now, you go to Bath and Body Works that they're, you know, proclaiming that they have essential oil-based products. And, and so with that though, comes a two-edged sword because you have roughly 80 to 90% of these products online and that you could buy that are adulterated. And so what does that mean? That means they're fake or they're mixed with or contaminated with something that isn't pure and natural. And so when it comes down to it, the more fanfare, the more fame essential oils get, the more potentially dangerous and confusing the market is, which is why I wanted to relaunch our essential oils um, revolution event. And then I included other things that we did and some other, maybe we'll talk a little about that in a minute, but it's kind of like the best of, the best of everything we've done in the last five and a half, six years. And so it's been a wonderful journey and I'm so grateful for all the researchers that are continuing to try to prove the things that we see and the claims that are being made online. Because that's really what's happening, is that because of the fanfare, because of the millions of people using essential oils, there are claims of everything from curing cancer to whatever, and now researchers are testing that. So that's really been the last five years, has been this renaissance of, of efficacy. Yeah. And another thing that's happening right now is that people are doing a lot of self-care home, you know, DIY. And, and so I definitely want to be talking about that too, because I think it's important for people to know how to use essential oil safely. We can talk more about that, but um, you know, what, is there anything in particular that you want to talk about with the research? I mean, you know, for me, I love the microbiome and that's yeah. just near and dear to me, especially skin microbiome, but also the gut, uh, gut microbiome and how it connects to the skin. One thing that is becoming more, now I can't even say mainstream because even leaky gut is still denied by the medical community. There's been, there's this faction in the medical community that even denies its existence. You're seeing the same thing with leaky skin. And so that's been groundbreaking for me because, and like you, you and I have a passion for what we do when it comes to helping people maintain the integrity of their skin. And you know, a side effect is looking nice, beautiful, anti-aging, glowing skin. See, these are side effects to having healthy skin. But the, from my perspective, the purpose, the direct purpose of ha having intact skin is to protect your immune system. And I go back to Immunology 101. Your, your first barrier, your first line of defense to your immunity is your skin. And people think, and they're, they're, you know, I get it. And I get what we're dealing with right now. And I deal with, you know, outbreaks. And we talk about all these things. And people are more focused about inside. You need to be focusing on outside. And so we have this concept, intestinal permeability, right? Which we now know as leaky gut. Well, the same exact thing can happen on the skin. It's called leaky skin. Now, dermatologists are claiming more and more are claiming that leaky skin is the primary cause of eczema. 
And there's a connection between leaky gut and leaky skin to produce these, these just rashes, these outbreaks. But the thing about it, if, if you know much, and I'm sure your listeners do, right, the, the concept of intestinal permeability where the microvilli and intestines just have little micro slits that let a lot of proteins and chemicals to seep into the bloodstream, it causes rampant inflammation. The same concept happens on your skin. So when you're putting something on your skin, like a product, and your skin should be protecting you from chemicals, you're gonna get those chemicals into your bloodstream. We already know that happens anyway. We already know that the skin will absorb, and I've seen various reports, anywhere from 20 to 60% of the chemicals that we put on their skin will absorb. I don't think we'll ever truly test that and be able to determine the exact number, but it's a considerable amount. But when you have leaky skin, it's not just the chemicals that you're putting on on purpose, but what about the things that are by happenstance, right? What about what's in the air, airborne particles? What about those dangerous volatile organic compounds? What about whatever it might be, viruses, bacteria, fungi, right? And so if your skin isn't intact, you're, that's going to make you more susceptible to disease. That's going to make your immune system compromised. And so some things that we've been noticing too, in the people that we've been helping with, we've observed, but also it's something that we reported in our essential oils diet book last year, was the metabolic burden that's happening because of this. You know, our metabolism is here to keep us alive. Our metabolism are, are the, the some processes of and required energy to maintain life, right? Metabolism isn't just about burning fat. It's a big part of it, but it's not all of it. But when your metabolism is compromised because your body is being inundated by, by chemicals, by toxins, it's, it's causing you to gain weight. So things that we've done, kind of like fun experiments, is challenging people, okay, stop toxic body care products just for a week or two. See what happens, right? Just use olive oil, use your own, right? Refer people to the spa doctor to get some good stuff, right? And we're finding that people are starting to like lose weight. Now, I'm not talking 15, 20 pounds. I'm talking a couple of pounds, like two, three. Imagine if you do nothing but stop your conventional body care products and you lose five pounds in a month. Like not even changing your diet, not changing your exercise. What happens if you then stop your aerosols or the fragrances that are in your, your wall plugins or your chem, chemical lace cleaning products? So the things that like this whole concept here is, is, is creating like a revolution. It's why I love the essential oils revolution, right? It's creating this revolution of mindset that we are this holistic being. So when it comes to the integrity of the skin, we need to be careful that our skin isn't over dried. And again, I love to hear your perspective on this because a lot of the products that we have, a lot of the body care products, the first ingredient usually is water. And then that evaporates, that can dry the skin, and there's alcohols, and there's these chemical drying properties that essentially create these micro slits in your skin, leaky skin. So anyway, I'd love to hear a little bit about you and some of your moisturizing techniques, and I can share a couple of the little things that I've done with oils. Yeah, and you know, we, we're big fans of essential oils. At the Spot Doctor, we have um, essential oils in some of our products, and um, certainly love them and, and, you know, look for the, the purest forms, the organic versions and all of that. Um, you know, it, you know, leaky skin, I think is so fascinating and I'm, I've been studying this a lot. And of course, I, you know, a lot of what you said is our skin providing this barrier function. And when that barrier function gets broken down, that's what leads to leaky skin. And, and yes, yeah, we're concerned about 
are we going to be absorbing more toxic ingredients from our skincare products? Certainly that's a concern. And, um, and also when that, that leaky skin happens, people are more, of course, more predisposed to developing skin issues like eczema and, um, and acne and uh, rosacea. A number of, of, of skin problems we're concerned about because that barrier function isn't doing what it's supposed to. And then it just leads down to the more problems with the skin microbiome and, uh, and until somebody can get that function back in place, it's, yeah, certainly um, been an issue. So, and yes, there's, um, there's, you know, I don't know about the weight loss. I mean, the, yeah, weight loss that you mentioned and um, it, re reducing toxic skincare ingredients. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen any studies and I haven't, you know, what I would say is that definitely within my community and certainly even the spot doctor team, people um, have mentioned losing weight, but usually they're following my clean skin from within a program in addition to using my skincare products. So it's, you know, I'm not sure about giving you feedback on that part, but very interesting. I'm curious to hear about that because certainly, you know, we have these endocrine disrupting chemicals that are in so many skincare products. And we know that endocrine disrupting chemicals can lead to, can interfere with the hormones associated with weight gain or weight loss. So it can Create issues with that. So interesting on that um, is, you know, the skin barrier function and that leaky skin, a lot of that has to do with the pH of the skin and the oils that we're using on the skin. So um, yeah, I think it's really important to look at ingredients. Now we do have water in some of our skincare products because we use dried aloe and it's like the best form that we can find. And so in order to activate the aloe, we need water but we carefully pH, you know, balance our products towards mild acidity. And we also add hydrating ingredients. So you don't have to worry about compromising the, the skin barrier function. Yeah, water's not a bad thing. Yet when you go, like I'll challenge people to go to Walmart and look at body care products, you'll see, just look at the ingredients and look at the lack of moisturizing ingredients when the, when the basis is water in and of itself. And it's like, well, I didn't realize that. Like, and so there, there is this mentality where, and I want to debunk something because essential oils are antimicrobial, right? They, they kill viruses and fungi and bacteria. That's what they do. I mean, they're, they're nature's defense. And so the argument is, well, if we see that oregano, for example, can kill MRSA, which it can, and lemongrass and thyme, then we can only lend to believe that it's going to kill the good bacteria. And so the interesting thing is you'll see everything from studies on, on boiler chickens, like meat manufacturing facilities are using essential oils because antibiotics, they've hit a wall. And we know that they're antibiotic resistant bacteria like MRSA and others that, that they need to come up with a solution to because they're losing livestock. And so essential oils have been more and more tested and evaluated. They're adding essential oils to feed to protect animals. And what they're finding is there's something known as cell selectivity is that the essential oil, because it's natural, it's not synthetic made in a lab because it's based from nature that there's this like innate component of cells. It's actually known as cell selectivity where the essential oils will literally target and kill the pathogenic microbes and leave the healthy ones alone. It's pretty profound when you think of it. Mm -hmm. So that goes into the gut. 
So we'll see studies on like SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, how peppermint can help. And, and even oregano going back has shown to help repair leaky gut and pig studies. And we'll see other essential oils when you use them safely, effectively. But when it comes to the skin, it's the same exact thing. And so we don't have to worry about killing the, 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 the positive, right? The microbiome, we don't have to worry about killing. But what we need to do is worry about damaging our skin if we don't use essential oils properly. And that's where dilution has to happen. So people can unknowingly damage their skin, essentially cause leaky skin by putting oils on their skin undiluted. You always, always need to dilute. Like there's, unless it's emergency medicine, which I get, because when you go back to World War I and World War II, essential oils were in your medic's case to help fight infection. They didn't have the antibiotic back then, right? So what do you think they did? They had lavender, they had clove, they had tea tree, like in the war. So if you have an emergency, like your medicine cabinet should have essential oils in there, that's fine. But for people that are using oils day in and day out like we do and we moisturize our kids and we want to enhance our mood and get better sleep, you always want to dilute and you follow. And thank God for Google and how easy it is to find stuff. Go type up dilution chart, essential oil dilution chart, and you'll get umpteen amounts of different charts you can print out. We offer them for people that sign up for our upcoming event. They get one for free. It's super easy. It's, it's just a couple drops of essential oil with some carrier oil, like jojoba, sweet almond, um, olive oil even. Like you don't have to spend a lot of money. I mean, whatever you got in your, everyone nowadays has coconut oil. It's a great carrier oil. But when you have that, that protects the skin. It dilutes the essential oil so you're not gonna burn, cause any rashes. It's known as sensitization, contact dermatitis. And so what we're seeing people do is damage the integrity of their skin because Alcohol, um, because essential oils in and of themselves will dry and hurt your skin because they're alcohols, they're ketones, they're esters. There's no nutritive substances. There's actually no fat in the essential oil. They're technically not even oil, nor are they essential. It's a really kind of fun thing when you look at the name. Um, they, you know, they're lipophilic, hydrophobic. They don't like water, but they like fat substances. That's why we call them, quote, oil. And so it's a wonderful concept when you think about being able to make your own stuff and get away from some of the harmful things. So why even use essential oils to begin with? Well, when used properly, they contain um, healing properties, like they're rich in antioxidants and who can't use them a little more antioxidant boost moisturizing body care. I mean, that helps oxygenate, that helps protect your body from free radicals, protect your skin microbiome. And also a lot of folks, especially those dealing with candida overgrowth, a little bit of essential oils can go a long way when it comes to just helping balance. Because a lot of people don't realize the skin microbiome is out of balance, just like the gut microbiome is. And the thing is, and doc, I don't know if you have any insight into this, it's like the chicken or the egg. What's affected first, the skin microbiome or the gut? Because we know they interplay with each other. I, I, I'm, I want, I'm always looking for that answer because my gut instinct tells me it's the skin because the skin is what's most re readily um, vulnerable because it's exposed all the time where the gut is isolated in your guts. So anyway, either way, in my opinion, they're both equally important and we need to do our best to nourish but also protect and try to kill and hurt, you know, the, the bad stuff because it's all over. 
if you're not careful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, as far as your question about the, which is first, the, the gut or the skin, you know, like, is it just the skin? Um, I think it depends on the person. I think that a lot of times it actually is the gut. I find that often the underlying causes really good ties back to the gut. Um, but sometimes it's, you know, especially in, in kids, um, young, young or young adults, if they haven't had a lot of, um, you know, antibiotics or things that may have killed off their good bacteria, but yet they've been, you know, over kind of over zealous hygiene techniques that can start with the skin. But I think that a lot of times it starts with the gut and, you know, over time, you know, all of that, the food that we're eating, the, the medications that we're taking, plus even just stress alone can disrupt both of those really. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. And um, more research is certainly unfolding about the skin microbiome and but there's so much that we don't know yet. Yeah, and a lot of people have come to us on the GAPS diet. They've done everything, and, and they're still in a really, really bad shape. And so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll challenge people that are out there that go from diet to diet to diet, and they still find themselves with symptoms, and they're just not feeling well. You know, maybe look to your skin, right? And then you'll, you'll see, once you look like outside in, because we always keep, you know, we say this all the time, we heal from the inside in. Well, sometimes we got to heal from the outside in. I'm kind of wanting to heal from both, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and you might find that, you know, healing from the outside in, but also taking an, uh, an inside out approach conjunctively might be exactly what you need. But either way, enjoy, enjoy, you know, guilt free products. And that's something where we as a people, is it unfair to say addicted? Yeah, I think we are addicted to smell. I think we are addicted to fragrance. I mean, if not, you wouldn't smell it everywhere, right? It's all over the place. And I think that's, I think that's by design by God. Like we're attracted to those beautiful, fresh smelling fruits and vegetables and, and herbs and things that are rich in just polyphenols and bioactive compounds and things that we need to live, right? So let your nose do the talking. And that's where one by one by one, if you find yourself like me, my wife, we used to love those plugins and aerosols and, and things that made our house smell great and love those, you know, body care shampoo products that just, whew, you know, that smell and our laundry. We can't stress enough about laundry. Hey, here's a quick tip about laundry. If you're doing laundry and if your clothes smell of a strong smell after washing and drying your laundry, just know that's not good for you. What that is, is a chemical surfactant put into the detergent and laundry little things to keep the smell intact. So you're wearing that chemical on your skin all day long. If, if it's truly a natural surfactant, if it's truly a natural product, it's going to wash away. Your clothes should have a very faint smell to it. But what you see from these major companies, people don't like that. And a friend of mine actually did a study. Um, he did a study where he owns a non-toxic laundry company. He did a study. And do you, do you know Stephen Nizel, right, from iGreenfields? Have you met him? No, I don't think so. Okay. He did a fun little study from Traverse City, Michigan. Um, really nice kind of like resort-ish kind of town. So these are, you know, stereotype them more. Uh, let's say they're educated people. He went to the mall. 
And he grappled around this. What do I do? He wanted and he has created non-toxic laundry products, like completely non-toxic, all green. And very few companies have been able to do it because of how hard it is to, you know, create the, the sensation of something clean, but also having a nice smell that doesn't poison you. And what happened was he really grappled with fragrance because fragrance is, a, is dangerous for you. And so he wanted to only use essential oils, but again, you wash them out. They get washed out. So you need to come up with this. It took him so much time and money to create a natural surfactant that wouldn't poison the skin that would keep the essential oil smell for just you know a little bit. And so he wanted to test it though because he just wanted to have non-scented products. And his whole team, his executive team said, no, we can't do it. Market research shared this and that. So what he did was he went to, I forget the store, but he, I think it was um, Joanne Fabrics. He went to whatever arts and crafts store, got the whitest, whitest rag that he could possibly get, got two of them. And he went and he went <laughs> literally wiped his engine block with one of the rags and then he went to the store and got some smelly laundry stuff and just kind of like sprinkled it on so it smelled clean even though it was literally a filthy rag and the other rag just was completely clean with no smell he went to the mall and the local mall right with his educated clientele i think that's important right we we, we always say well people are uneducated so they make bad decisions <laughs> right he went to this educated community with the with the mall and he said hey I'm a local manufacturer of, of laundry products and I have a survey. Which one do you think is cleaner? And he gave this to the people and give both. The, the literal clean, white, non-scented rag versus the oily, greasy engine block rag with smell. And obviously, because I'm leading up to this, which one do you think profoundly people chose the as being cleaner? Molly one. <laughs> because it smelled clean. They went to the greasy rag that he literally wiped off his engine block and they said, oh yeah, th this one's cleaner. Like <laughs> what? Because it smelled cleaner. Mm. And so that as a business owner challenged him to come up with a solution that now is known as my green fills. He helps millions of people every year. It's a fun story, but, but that's, that's who we are. That's hardwired into us. Right. But the thing is, is that maybe your skin problems like Steven's son, because Steven's son, the reason why a restauranteer from, he owned like 50 restaurants in New York or something. The reason why he left everything and started this laundry company was because his little infant baby boy had a rash, uncontrolled. They tried everything, every cream, every whatever you could try, every whatever, nothing worked. And then the idea came to him like, well, what if it's in the laundry? So they stopped using the, the mainstream one. We won't, I won't say it because I don't want to get sued. They stopped using the mainstream laundry stuff, used the quote natural one that they could find at the natural health food store. Within like two days, the kid's skin was like completely regenerated because that's how children are at that young age. They can feel huh. that quickly. And he's like, wow. He didn't realize that his little baby in that onesie and the wrapping of the towel and swaddled up in the bundle of joy was wrapped up in chemicals that was poisoning him. It smelled great, right? They loved it. And so laundry is a big, big issue for people that have skin issues that they don't even realize. And I would just challenge everyone. Like, you know, I got recipes on my website. You can make three months worth of laundry detergent for like 20 bucks. It's super cheap, a little bit messy. Be careful. It can get really messy if you don't do it right. But you know what I mean? Like these little things, when you say endocrine disruptors, when we talk about metabolic burden, 
when we're talking about what we could do to help the microbiome of the skin is first to stop the insult, stop the attack, and then use products that are life-giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's fantastic. We have essential oils as an alternative because like you said, people like a scent of some sort. They like the, a nice smelling, like nice smelling things. We like that. Um, but the problem with fragrance is real. I mean, there it's full of endocrine disrupting chemicals and they're in so many of our the products we have in our homes and workplace and all, you know, everywhere. And so it's just another place to get exposure to these endocrine disrupting chemicals that wreak havoc on our hormones. And so absolutely, I think essential oils are not only a cleaner option, but I love that the, the health benefits that they provide. So, um, you know, the, uh, people oftentimes talk about the essential oils that I use in my products they love part of the ritual because of the smell. As I said, I don't know why, but I feel good when I put your products on. I'm like, well, part of that is probably the essential oils that are in there. And, you know, self-care is so important right now. It's such an important part. People are at home more and they're having, they can't go out and get, you know, their pampering. They have to do it more at home. And so yeah. DIY skincare is a big one right now. And, and people don't, have as much synthetic, synthetic fragrance right now access to it. So that's actually a good thing. So now's a good time to do some use, to use some more essential oils. And of course, we, you know, you want to use caution with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I want to give you guys a few, and I'm sorry. I usually try to earlier on the call, I try to, or interview, I try to give practical little stuff, but I want to give you a top I want to give you a top four or five. And, and the key to a lot of this is the antioxidant property. And, Arguably, essential oils being concentrated plant-based volatile organic compounds, they contain more antioxidants than, than really most supplements you'll see on the market. Like clove oil, for example, there's been reports sharing that there's the ORAC scale, O-R-A-C scale of, of antioxidant capability of a, of a food substance is a million ORAC points versus organic wild blueberries, which is like 1,500. Like you'd have to eat like a hundred servings of blueberries just to equal one drop of clove. And not that I'm saying you're supposed to eat clove or drink clove, but just to put it into perspective, imagine what that does to your skin. You know, helichrysum oil is known as immortel. It's the, it's the anti-aging essential oil. Um, it, it bodes well. From, from the beginning of recorded history of people using flowers and herbs for skin care, you know, so many references in the Bible of, of um, aloes and myrrhs, right? When Queen Esther, like I love the stories of the Old Testament and others talk about what they used to do and how they used to anoint themselves with these perfume type of um, um, fatty extract oils. It's essentially what they were because they didn't have essential oils back then because steam distillation wasn't invented until like 9th century AD, right? So what do you think they did? They, had, they would have helichrysum blossoms and they would just put that in a big vat of olive oil and let that steep. Like that's, that's a solvent, right? It's a natural solvent. And so they get this very faint, nice smelling um, olive oil that it would have helichrysum or myrrh. Like both of those are wonderful, wonderful healing properties. A lot of folks enjoy rosemary. It's a wonderful one for anti-aging, um, again, rich in antioxidants. And also a nice benefit to these too, because rosemary is the herb of remembrance. So some people, they'll find... Uh, it's hard when someone says which oils to use for which. It's like, well, a lot of them do a lot of different things, right? Because rosemary is great for skin complexion. 
antioxidants. It's rich in antioxidants. It's extremely healing, but it also helps stimulate hair growth and it can bring your memory um, to help your memory function because again, it, it stimulates cognitive um, performance. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff when you think about other oils like geranium, like that's one of the typical women's health oils. I mean, fact is, geranium, clary sage, ylang lang, these are extremely floral type of oils. A lot of guys can get over lavender. I think lavender is a little more socially acceptable, but not a lot of guys are willing to go out smelling like ylang lang and geranium, um, you know, especially going out like playing volleyball or, you know, something frisbee with their friends i mean you got to think about that like there's there's so over the years it's kind of funny because i'm trying to break that stigma but over the years you'll see a lot of women gravitate towards certain smells and a lot of them are the smelly the, the floral scents like the geranium and the lavender and the clary sage and ylang lang all of which are wonderful for the skin. And, but you'll see guys going towards more like the woodsy, like the cedar woods or, or the frankincense or the myrrh because it, you know, like musk, right? It smells like old spice kind of thing. So whether you're a guy or a gal listening, you know, you, you use what works for you. But, but my challenge would be, especially ladies out there, you know, just, just know, like, especially if your husband's like a man's man, like he's not going to go hunting or go, if he's a cop, I'm like, he might be made fun of. So just, just be careful, ease him into some of the more floral things. But guys, I got to say, and this is no joke, this is kind of funny, but I've gotten more compliments by how I smell by men. Like, again, you know, straight guys, married guys, <laughs> okay. because of how I smell than women. He's like, man, you smell pretty good. What are you wearing? Like, they want to know my cologne. I'm like, oh, I'm wearing citrus oils. <laughs> I'm wearing this or that. Like, I'll never forget this big, burly um, Uber driver when I, I was going on a business trip. And he just, he loved how I smelled, man. He was, you know, he's married with kids. So I'm just saying that to say, you know, we could break the stigma. You don't need to smell like Old Spice to, to be attractive, right? Teacher, what's that? Thank goodness. Yes, thank goodness. Tea tree is another one that keeps on coming up because, you know, tea tree is one of those oils like in Australia they use for virtually everything. It's like when you look at the Aboriginal culture, um, tea tree is a healer. It's a healer from top of your head to the soles of your feet. And, and it's wonderful, especially for fungal infections. And that's something that a lot of folks recognize in with skin and, and with acne, um, whether it's a bacterial outbreak or whether it could be stemmed from candida overgrowth. I mean, tea tree keeps on coming up over and over and over. And there have been studies talking about come comparative to placebo trials, how tea tree can be three to six times more effective helping with acne versus placebos. Um, you know, a diluted solution to tea tree, always diluted. You just don't want to put a drop or anything on your skin. Um, citrus oils are another one that come up over and over again. You know, rich in D-limonene, um, they, are, they are some of the most antioxidant potent, calming, not calming, I should say safe way of combating um, viruses and bacteria and fungi. Um, some oils like oregano and, and lemongrass and clover are very caustic, like they will burn you if you don't be careful. Orange and lemon and grapefruit, these are, these are very gentle oils and you're not gonna find yourselves um, burning yourself or hurting yourself. However, because of bergaptin that's in many of them, it's a chemical that 
um, has an effect with the UV light from the sun, you could create what's known as phototoxicity. Like if you, so I share that to say, you use certain oils in certain seasons based off of what you're doing, right? Um, so if it's sunny where you're at right now, or if it's summer, and if you want to go outside and enjoy some sun tanning, great, have fun, but don't slather yourself with orange or citrus oils because you could run the risk of, of burning yourself, of which I have. And even, and I didn't realize this, and this really shocked me, um, infrared sauna, infrared sauna technology can also exemplify the bergaptin. And so I, I caused myself to have a whole like mid-body rash because I, I put on some essential oils before I went to my infrared sauna. And because I had bergamot in it, like I, I, at first I thought it was shingles. I was like, what in the world did I do? And I didn't know anything. So, you know, unfortunately, I have to go through these things to help the world not go through these things. But <laughs> there was nothing in the research to suggest that infrared sauna has like a UV type of phototoxic reaction with bergaptin. So anyway, whether you're suntanning, fake suntanning, like at a tanning salon, or whether you're outside, whether you're doing infrared sauna or red light therapy, stay away from citrus oils on your skin just, you know, for, you know, several hours before and you'll be good. But I mean, there's certain little nuances like that, uh, but you don't see those kinds of reactions with the lavenders or the tea trees or the helichrysum or the geraniums. I mean, those are oils that are generally safe without even having to think twice. Yeah. Um, and, and our, the, the spot doctors can care products for the face. Those, um, are, are free of those, um, ingredients. So, um, we do can have some of those essential oils, but we make sure that they are safe to use and they don't have the photosensitizing effects because certainly that's the last thing we want people to have, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. using all these great antioxidant rich ingredients and then go out and, you know, get burned. That's not what we want. Um, well, those are, those are all fantastic oils. I, I love all of those. And, you know, I think I just want to remind people that when you're making your own, your DIY skincare, um, that they do have a shelf life. That DIY skincare can, even with essential oils in it, it can grow bacteria, mold, different things in there that we don't want. So there's, there are great recipes. I mean, I have a bunch of my book and but you need to make them fresh. You need, some of them last longer than others. It's good to store them in the refrigerator. That gives them a little bit longer uh, shelf life. But um, it, you, you got to make them fresh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so that's that's the concern with when you go to Pinterest and when you go to blogs, especially the water-based products. Those are the ones that I've talked to some cosmetic formulators at, say, three, four weeks max max um, when you're doing like a DIY that's water-based especially so just know that like just know that you just don't and you can't smell it you can't see it but do you want to use a product that's already micro contaminated so that's where that's a good point you focus in small batches that you want to use and just as a rule of thumb and like you know when you don't who has time to DIY all the time too I mean, that's the other aspect of it. It's fun. And you know, this whole coronavirus situation that, that getting people in this situation where you can shop and you know, you can't leave your house at the, at the drop of a hat. And, and it, I think what happened was there was this mass awakening or there is becoming this mass awakening that maybe people weren't as prepared as they thought they were for stuff. 
I don't know what stuff is for you. You name, you fill in the blank, but what would your life look like if you gardened a little bit? And even if you live in a one bedroom apartment, like you can still have a garden tower, you can still have little windowsill pots that could, you know, I mean, you could grow a tomato plant in a one bedroom apartment and it'll look beautiful, it'll be like a decorative item. Like you don't have to have like a huge garden, but imagine if you started growing your own herbs or you start growing your own stuff and maybe, you know, making your own things once in a while. Like there's this element of empowerment. And that's really what it is for me with essential oils is before I met essential oils, I didn't have a medicine cabinet, like I, nothing. I didn't know what to do. Like I didn't know what to do if I got athlete's foot or a pimple or my kid had a fever. Like I, I, I was at the mercy of going to the pharmacy, right? And so I was at the mercy of doing something that I knew had a negative consequence to it because the reality is no drug or over-the-counter is free of any side effects. Like that's why you have that big list. But you know one thing you'll never find on a bottle of essential oil are side effects. Not because they don't have any, but if you use them properly, there are virtually no side effects other than being allergic to them. Mm-hmm. And that's wonderful. Just like your, your natural supplements, just like your products, Trevor. It's like there is no risk if you follow the instructions, which is pretty cool. And what that does, I feel, to me as a father, a husband, an educator, it brings me to a place where a friend even, you know, think about that. Like, think about who I am. Think about who we are to people around us. It it brings us to a level of empowerment, knowing that not only do we have tools to take care of ourselves, but we can help others. And next thing you know, the whole world's flipping out around you and you're like your little bubble. You're doing okay. (laughs) And then you become a source of hope for them. And like, oh, why are you not freaking out? Like whenever you remember when hand sanitizer went out of shelf, like make your own. You know how easy it is? You seriously, you get some moonshine, put a couple drops of essential oil, done. I mean, like it's that easy. People didn't even realize how easy it is to make hand sanitizer, but they rushed to the stores because they freaked out. Imagine, imagine not having to be in that state of consciousness. Like that's to me. That's why I called it the essential oils revolution because it revolutionizes the way that you see the world. And it's a lifestyle that oils are part of it, but food is huge and exercise and mind, body, prayer, meditation, all these things work. So yeah, that's why I love what you've been doing. And I'm so glad that our paths continue to cross and, and um, thanks for doing your part and helping us live this holistic, healthy lifestyle, my friend. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. We need, we need to expand this more. We need more of the holistic movement. It's become very apparent during the pandemic that we all need to get back to the basics and the foundation of good health and what, how can we use nature to su- support us more um, in a lot of different ways. Um, and so essential oils are such a great part of that. So tell everyone about your, your newly revised Essential Oils Revolution Summit. Yeah. So since 2015, we've hosted two summits. We've created a master class and we've done a lot of little demo videos all along the years of how to make everything from tea tree dish soap to, you know, a cancer fighting roll on. I mean, just all kinds of different things. And so what we did was we put together the best of the best. And we have a really fun little experience for people that every day you get um, in-depth advanced training videos and PowerPoint presentations to demo videos of my wife and I in the kitchen showing you how to make stuff to traditional summit interviews. And it's coming up May 18th. 
And so people are going to get really the best of everything that we've done over the last five and a half, six years, ever since we first launched this. And I invite folks to come. We have a lot of people and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be very much engaged in the questions like I always am. And I can't wait to meet people because I truly believe we could thrive during this time. And that's, that's been my challenge. That's been the COVID challenge. I, I keep on sharing with people is let's come out of this experience healthier, better, happier, with more fruitful relationships in every area of our lives and how we walked into it. And I do believe that you will get a couple little nip, tips and tidbits that will help you along the way in our event. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll have the link up on my website so people can go check it out. And my interviews on there from before, and then you've got a bunch of new interviews too. So a whole combination of, of great information from experts. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this interview today with Dr. Z and learned lots of tips on how to use essential oils in your self-care. And if you want to learn more about Dr. Z or about the Essential Oils Revolution Summit, you can go to thespadoctor.com, go to the podcast page with his interview, and you'll find all the information and links there. And while you're there at thespadoctor.com, I invite you to join the Spot Doctor family so you don't miss any of our upcoming shows and information. And if you haven't taken the skin quiz yet, I encourage you to do, to do that at theskinquiz.com. It's a free online quiz. It gives you information about what your skin might be trying to tell you about your health and what you can do about it. Just go to theskinquiz.com. You can also follow us on social media. The Spa Doctor is on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Pinterest. And I'll see you next time on the Spa Doctor podcast. Thank you.